Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Dominic Singarinelli. He is a Benedictine-educated cradle Catholic, a revert to the faith, an oblate of St. Benedict. He is recently retired from consulting to management in the CPA profession, and he serves as an instituted acolyte, spiritual director, and instructor in adult faith formation. And Dom, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Deacon Jeff. It's great to be with you. As I was saying earlier, I'm always looking at articles and trying to figure out, you know, what are some good topics. And you just wrote a a recent article, and I think it was in the uh, Catholic Stand, if I remember correctly. And it's called The Advantage of an Outward Focus. And, you know, as I was reading the article, just thinking about it, you know, I'm sure there was other times in history where this narcissism that we face today was prevalent. But the self-focus and everybody wearing their emotions on their sleeve and getting offended for everything else, I it's hard to imagine a time that was worse when it comes to this kind of attitude. Certainly in my life, I would agree with you. I, I can't recall any time when it was this bad with the level of self-centeredness, uh, everybody wanting to believe that they're special, entitled to certain admiration and, and attention and affirmation, affirmation in their, their, their life, regardless of what that life is like and whether it's leading them closer to God or not, you know? Uh, so, yeah, clearly clearly some real issues in this current uh, culture at this time. Well, and to your point, right, people get to make up their own truth. And if you don't agree to it, then you get attacked, right? We live in this woke culture, this cancel culture that somebody's just looking for reason. And you could write or say almost anything and somebody's going to be offended, aren't they? Oh, isn't that the truth, you know, and kind of comes back to that notion of, of doing what's right. And, you know, it's interesting in this day and age, there's a a great deal of emphasis put on affirmation of others. And, and, you know, Dr. Conrad Bars wrote a wonderful little book on affirmation, which taken in context is great. We need to, when we are, we are directing others, when you're providing pastoral care to others, we need to provide affirmation, but we're not called to provide affirmation to somebody's uh, um, error in their ways. Uh, that's that's only encouraging people to drink the poison or whatever it is that they're doing. And 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 if we don't affirm them in their ways, regardless of whether those ways are in alignment with our Lord's instructions for us, then you're right. We we are cancelable at that point. We we are basically uh, put on the uh, do not uh, do not read list, so to speak. Well, it's funny. I was talking to uh, a counselor the other day and I said, you know, these people live this different delusions about who they are and what they might be and how it can change. And he said, well, it's not a delusion if people affirm it. I said, well, but the bottom line is people affirm everything. So therefore, there, there's no delusion. And he looked at me and he goes, yeah, I guess you're right nowadays, aren't you? <laughs> isn't that isn't that true? You know, it's interesting. Uh, some of the statistics, when we take a look at Gen Z, uh, the the generation that was born after '96, right? They they have basically some of the highest levels of depression and and 
problems uh, with emotional problems at work. Uh, you take a look at any of the current studies, and it's interesting that they are the same ones who have probably bought in the most to the sense of individualism and sentimentalism, emotionalism, and I uh, have my truth, and uh, you have your truth, and we're going to just do it my way. And, and they're the most intensely connected generation of all of the generations, and yet they have the highest level of loneliness because they are not dialed into what's important in this life. Everybody's focusing on, as you said, this narcissistic self-absorption view of life, as opposed to looking upward to God as identifying as children of God, rather than as some special interest group. That's, that's a big, a big issue. Well, and that's why they're unhappy, right? As as St. Augustine says, our hearts are restless until they rest in thee, and they're trying to rest in everything else. And they just never find that happiness that is right in front of them. And, you know, you start your article, which I thought was really interesting about this existential reflection because of all these funerals you've just had recently. And, And it kind of made you reflect on this outward focus and kind of doing God's will and not our own. Oh, indeed. You know, I, I was I was I was sitting in the third of the four funerals uh, that I ended up attending, and I was asking the Lord, "What are you showing me here?" And it occurred to me, you've probably heard the expression that you know one incident is a point, two uh, may be coincidence, three is a trend. And by the mm-hmm. third funeral, I was seeing this trend. The, the Holy Spirit was pointing out to me that these were selfless men, men who were defined by their outward focus by by their their concern for others by their being there for others living selflessly not selfishly and and i thought that's really something and sure enough funeral number four same thing not a coincidence at that point well you know you were talking about you know this unhappy generation and, and and you know whether it's depression and all the things they struggle for struggle with. But it reminds us that when we have an inward focus, that's why we have the divorce rate that we have. That's why we have broken relationships, because no relationship can succeed if you're focused on yourself, can it? No, it can't. That's all of that individualism stuff. Again, it's coming back to the point of we're focused on ourselves. We're not looking up, focusing on the Lord and His will for us. We're not looking out at how can we how can we be that lamp on the stand that the Lord talks about in Matthew chapter 5? How can we bring and reflect the light of God to others? No, we're busy turned in on ourselves, And when we do that, then we become a victim of our own thinking, and the enemy comes in and wants to influence that thinking and gets us even twisted up even more and more if we are not careful about what we're doing, if we're not savvy about spiritual warfare and where we're headed with that kind of thinking. Well, he does, the evil one does an excellent job of turning us into pretzels when we lose our focus and we don't follow Christ, because not only, you know, does he teach us all these things, but he's modeled it all for us. So we have every example in the book, not only, you know, our Lord, but you know, the Virgin Mary, the saints, and all these things to model for us, and yet we act like we haven't, we don't even know where we're going. Yeah, we, we, and part of that, I really believe, Deacon, is so many of us have grown up 
uh, even this generation that I'm a part of, I'm a boomer, we've grown up with poor catechesis. Uh, you take a look at the stats for the Gen Z, uh, no catechesis for many of them. Look how many of them cl- classify themselves as the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S. Mm-hmm. And, and when we haven't been shown the light, when we haven't been exposed to the truth, it's very difficult then, unless unless we really listen and pay attention to the Lord, it's difficult to come to the truth on our own. It's, you know, it, the truth comes by hearing, right? And not everybody's had a chance to hear that, or if they've heard it, what are they hearing now? Is this this insanity about my truth is my truth, and your truth is your truth, and and there's no objective truth in the form of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, you know, it kind of reminds you of the saying, you know, if you're not growing in your faith, you're dying in it. And just to be happy where we are, I mean, we, look, we even see confusion within the church now, right? The church is almost seems no better than the outside world. And if we're not rooted in Christ and continue to grow in our faith so that we know truth and can follow the true light, then we're going to we're going to be blown about every time the wind blows. We are indeed. And and it becomes becomes a real issue of being, where are we focusing? Where's our focus? Is our focus on our Lord, on the truth? Is our focus on what the Lord wants us to know and to to understand and interiorize? Uh, or are we focused on trying to impress other people? You know, it becomes an issue of pride and vanity, doesn't it? Uh, at some point, uh, whether it's in the church or, or, or outside of the church, if we want other people to like us. We're worried about other people liking us, accepting us, not canceling us. That's that's an issue of vanity, and that's, that's not the way to live. That's not going to achieve peace for us or anybody else. All it's going to do is take us down that dark hole as well. Well, and you and I weren't born yesterday, and it's a reminder, you know, we've 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 made the mistakes, or at least I have, and 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 done stupid things, and focused on self, and so it, it it's it would behoove some of this younger generation to listen to some of the wisdom of people who have been there, done that. Because when we don't, right, the Lord does send people into our lives to help lead us to Him as well. And when we just, you know, if you hang around dogs, you get fleas. You got to make sure you're hanging around other people that are going to lead you to Christ, not away and into this worldly uh, morass that we find ourselves in. That's for sure. And, you know, one of the things that we we tell parents who are concerned about their children is pray for them to have a godly friend show up that will help lead them back to the faith or that will lead them closer to the Lord. Because, you know, many times the younger generation has heard enough from the parents that they don't want to hear it anymore. And sometimes that's those conversations haven't gone as well as they could. So we need to continue to pray for them to be open to, and for the Lord to send someone to them to help bring them back to the faith. But we, you know, we, all of us, all of us Catholic Christians have a job, a, a, a role, if you will, as priest, prophet, and king from our baptism, right? You know, there's a notion of a, that spirit of sacrifice as a, as as the priest, the, the witness to the truth and the way that we live as a prophet and, and helping lead others to 
to the Lord and and in what they do uh, as as our role as the king. And so none of us get a pass. We need whether even just because I'm a layperson and I'm not ordained doesn't mean that I don't have a, a lot of responsibility on my shoulders as well to do the work of the Lord, to come to the vineyard and and do what the Lord needs me to do for the greater glory of God and the salvation of souls, right? Yeah, and you talk about, you know, kind of detaching from self-will, which really involves self-reflection, right? We have to look at ourselves honestly. I actually think the scariest prayer we can do or say is to ask the Lord to see ourselves as He sees us, because we're going to be in for a rude awakening. But you talk about this detachment from our will, our stuff, our relationships, our opinions of others. But that's not a one-time question, right? That should be an ongoing question so we don't fall into this trap, right? Well, it is indeed. And that's part of the reason why in the article I mentioned as well, Deacon, the need for a, a good, strong interior life, a good, strong life of mental prayer, even if it's only 15 or 20 minutes a day, if that's all that somebody can can begin to set aside for it. Because as we come to know God better, we get a better understanding of who we are. We understand Him better. We understand who we are. And that's something that unfolds over time. And and, and frankly, I think a lot of people struggle with the silence and the solitude to be in front of our Lord because it's kind of tough to have him hold the mirror up for us and say, here's here's who you are. Yeah, unfortunately, when I hold the mirror up, 99% of my problems are looking right back at me. So I don't, I don't enjoy Indeed. holding the mirror up as much as I need to hold the mirror up. But you talk about this prayer, this interior life. You know, and yeah, start off with 15 minutes. But the deal is the more you get to know the Lord, the more you're going to want to spend time with him, just like we would our spouse. So it's a beginning, but this beginning has a great progression if we truly are open and fall in love with the Lord, right? That's exactly right. Over time, people will continue to want to come to prayer every day. It's not a matter of, oh, I've got to make my mental prayer. No, I want to go to prayer and they gradually increase because they do enjoy spending time with the Lord. And they enjoy spending time with the Lord for the Lord, not because they're looking for warm fuzzies and uh, consolations and, and, and levitation. It's a matter of just being there with Him, spending that time with Him. He's our Lord and our Savior. He loves us more than we can imagine. And He wants to be with us to allow us to understand that in our heart, well, and, that heart knowledge and, of the Lord. Yeah, and you have a great example. You talk about, you know, kind of Mary's fiat when the angel Gabriel comes to speak to her, right? If she didn't have an interior prayer life, if faith wasn't important, she wouldn't know what the angel was even saying. She is the perfect model for us of this, you know, her fiat, be it done unto me according to thy word, right, is something we should be saying. We should have our own fiat to the Lord because when we give ourselves to him, he'll direct us and guide us as to where he wants us to go. That's right. And and Our Lady is such a great example of pondering these words in her heart. We need to spend time with the Lord's words and ponder them in our heart and be open to where he's leading us so that we can respond to him. You know, as as you talk about this and this, this notion of, of detaching from self-love and self-will to be able to follow the Lord's will, that can be pretty scary too, right? Because uh, people can look at that and say, whoa, wait a minute, what if I don't like what the Lord's doing 
what his will is going to be for me. It's kind of scary. But, you know, I, I think that we, we forget some very basic points. You know, Father Walter Chisick, servant of God, Father Walter Chisick, he wrote yep. uh, a couple of books, He Leadeth Me. I, I, yep. I love his point yep. about God's will. Yeah, God's will is what we're facing in the moment, the people, the places, the the circumstances, the events, good, bad, or indifferent. That's God's will for us in the moment. Can we <laughs> can we accept that without grumbling? Can we accept that with with joy, with gratitude, and figure, hey, this is God's will. You know, Archbishop Sheen, uh, back in uh, the late 40s, early 50s, in one of his writings, you know, he basically made that point. He said, you know, look, everything that happens to us, God has foreseen from before time, and he either allows it or wills it. And that's part of what we need to get our arms around and and give our will give ourselves to the Lord to let him use us, to let him form us to be the people he needs us to be, he wants us to be. Well, I mean, there's so many voices out there, right? Whether it's on social media, entertainment, government, regular media. I mean, you know, who are we going to listen to, right? We've known that what we hear out in the real world is mostly lies and it leads to unhappiness and despair. Matter of fact, I saw an article after I read your article from, I think it was the World Health Organization, that, you know, uh, 700 and almost, I think, almost a million people commit, commit suicide each year, but 20 times that attempted, right? Because we're buying the lies of this world. And if we want that happiness and joy, it's only through that fruit of the Spirit that the Lord gives us at our baptism. And good grief, we listen to all these other voices that want to do nothing but lead us astray. Well, that's right. And, you know, what you're talking about there is is pursuing uh, hope and not giving up hope to let the Lord help us grow in hope and, uh, and, and to not let these other voices cause us to live in disappointment, discouragement, despondency, despair, because that's where the Lord, that's, that's where the world's going to lead us. If we're not, if we're not careful, we need to lean on the Lord. You know, um, Cardinal Robert Sarah, in his book, uh, The Time Is Now Far Spent, talks mm-hmm. about the fact that our, our hearts are too large for this world. And yet, <laughs> we keep trying to stuff them with stuff of the world. We try to fill them up with uh, aff- affections for people and things and places and the uh, approbation of others. Instead of just looking to the Lord and accepting his love and his grace to help bring us along the path where he wants to bring us to to become that image of Jesus Christ, to live in virtue, in joy, in love, in God's image. It's, it, it's, it sounds pretty simple, and it really is, if we just let him do it. But we're so covered over with messages from, as you said, everybody else, that it's pretty easy to to let those that, that background noise cover over the message of the Lord. You know, you mentioned the, the, the uh, divorce and, the, well, the suicide. You mentioned mm-hmm. the, the suicide issue. It, it's interesting that it seems that, again, 
focusing on Gen Z, they, more than any other generation, are more distressed by news reports, social media, and all this kind of stuff. Those voices, those false, the false voices, give them more distress than any of the other generations as well. And it's no surprise that only 40% of that generation reports ever having attended any church service, any. So if we've not been introduced to the Lord, if we don't have anybody to help us come to know the Lord, and we continue to listen to all of this garbage out there uh, in the media, you can see how it'd be a pretty dark picture, right? Well, yeah, and you talked about, you know, Cardinal Sarah, who also wrote, you know, The Power of Silence, and you talked about how some people are frightened by the silence, but we're never going to hear the Lord's voice unless we put ourselves in that silence. And the reminder, you know, to your point, when we grow in our relationship and love the Lord, we have a greater capability of loving others, of serving others, right? It's, it's, uh, he came to serve, not to be served. And that should be all of our mottos. And I think when it, reading your article, it's it, it just remind that phrase just kept popping up in my head. Yeah. And the more, it's, you know, isn't that something that love is something that the more that we give away of it, the more we have, right? It's, it's <laughs> the more that we share our love, the more love we have to share, it seems. And, and people forget that because it's, it's a zero sum game. So many people believe about their lives, zero sum. What I, if I give something up, uh, it's that much less for me, but not, if we're focusing on others with gratitude, we, we need to stop and be grateful for what we have. And how do we become even more grateful for what we have? By going out, helping others, helping others with their issues will actually help us see just how blessed we are uh, in our lives as well. Well, and that, you know, to will the good of the other and how many people, you know, they they'll say they love somebody or whatever, but they want something in return for that. And true love is you, if you get something, you get something, but you do it because you will their good, not because you're looking for a reward or somebody to love you back just to give you some self-worth. Sure. Agape love. You're, you're, you're loving others out of your love for God. You're loving them for their good. You're you're seeking the good of the others out of love for God and love for them. It's not a selfish love. It's not this self-absorbed selfishness, again, inward turning kind of a thing based on our emotions. True love is not emotion. It's an act of the will to seek the good of the other. And and nowadays, our our society is driven by emotions. If this is how I feel, then this must be what's right for me. Uh, and and so that's why we end up with some of the crazy things we're seeing in, in the news accounts nowadays uh, with with this this transgender stuff that's going on. Uh, I this is how I feel today, so it must be who I am. And that's all about emotions. That's not about using our rational uh, intellect. It's not about using our will either to love others by seeking their good not about using our rational intellect to pursue what's good for us when we have to make choices. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because when we affirm somebody who is denying truth or living in a delusion, we're not loving them. It might be 
feel easier at the time because we're just not engaging in conflict. But true love is to to lead them to truth, right? And do so in a in a loving way, but not to embrace this falsehood that that leads not only them but us away from Christ. It's about teaching the truth and sharing the truth, not affirming craziness because it's the easy way out. And you know, we know how, how often is the easy way the wrong way? Almost always, isn't it? That's that's right. That's right. And it comes back again to that notion of everybody wants to be affirmed, but but affirming somebody in their error is is not doing them any good. That's not true love. That is just that's just going along to get along. That's that is taking the easy way out because of cowardice and or vanity. And the Lord says that's not what he's calling us to do. That's not what we're supposed to do as priests, prophets, and kings in this world. That's not our role in this in this in this short life that we have here together. So you know, sin blinds and deafens us. And so when we or anybody we know gets into a pattern of of sin, grave sin to boot, that puts the blinders on and it makes it difficult to see the objective truth. And so for us to just affirm them because well we we you know they're 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 a good person and we love them and we 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 don't want to hurt their feelings we want to somehow bring them back that's not doing them any favor we need to be able to help them take the blinders off we need to help them see the truth and affirm them in their identity as beloved children of God beloved sons and daughters of God. That's what keeps getting missed in all of this goofiness with diversity, equity, and inclusion, all of this mm-hmm. other stuff. It, it, we're, we're all being identified as some special interest group <laughs> rather than our, our innate nature as sons and daughters of the Lord. The evil one has done, unfortunately, an excellent job because we have allowed that to happen. But We've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit at our baptism, right? We have guardian angels. We have the sacraments. We have everything we need to do what the Lord is asking of us. So we can never use it as an excuse that we can't. And I knew this would happen. We're almost done with time. How can people uh, read some of your other articles and find out uh, what you're doing, Don? If you just go to catholicstand.com, catholicstand.com, and you can look up uh, my name, Dom short for Dominic Singrinelli, they can they can pull up some of these articles that way and, and take a look at them. And they can also subscribe to Catholic Stand to get uh, daily feeds of the articles that are written by everybody on that site as well. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.